TSX or no audio. Welcome back to another week in review. And my, what an historic week it has been. It is Monday the 15th of January at a quarter to one in the morning. Let's begin with the anti-war headlines and the now familiar topic of the genocide. Hezbollah trades heavy fire with Israel, damages strategic airbase. Qatar tells hostage families that Israel's killing of Hamas official in Beirut complicates negotiations. Officials warn Biden is leading the US into a major Middle East war. The Israeli military chief says, quote, fighting, end quote, in Gaza will continue all year. Israel kills senior Hezbollah commander in airstrike in southern Lebanon. Israeli MK, that's member of Knesset, comes out in support of South Africa's genocide case against Israel. Protesters calling for Gaza ceasefire interrupt Biden's speech. Israel to tell Blinken Palestinians can't return to the north until new hostage deal. US officials think Netanyahu might see war in Lebanon as a key to political survival. Israeli military claims it killed Hamas official in Syria. Israeli Defense Minister tells Blinken the bombardment of Gaza's Khan Yunus is intensifying. Blinken slams South Africa's genocide case against Israel as, quote, meritless, end quote. Israel kills three Hezbollah members in drone strike. Hezbollah fires rockets in north. Israeli MK doubles down on call to, quote, burn, end quote. Gaza says there are, quote, no innocents, end quote. Houthis claim attack on U.S. ship as, quote, initial response, end quote, to sinking of Houthi boats. Netanyahu claims he has no intention of displacing Gaza's Palestinians. South Africa presents genocide case against Israel at ICJ. And lastly... Israel killed two medics in attack on southern Lebanon. New section, US plus UK slash Yemen. US and UK begin bombing dozens of sites in Yemen. US and UK bomb dozens of sites in Yemen. Yemen issues defiant response to US and UK strikes. Saudi Arabia call for US to, quote, avoid escalation, end quote, in Yemen. End section, other Southeast Asia. Iraq's Prime Minister moves to expel US troops after drone strike. Pentagon says it has no plans to withdraw from Iraq. Iraq's Prime Minister says he seeks a, quote, quick, end quote, exit of US forces. Iran seizes tanker in retaliation for the US stealing its oil. Section. NATO stand. US flies F-16 fighter jets over Bosnia in threat to Serbs who want succession. Poland resists cooperation with Nord Stream sabotage investigation. Pentagon did not properly track over $1 billion in weapons shipped to Ukraine. New section, Ukraine slash Russia. Russia's intensified airstrikes are depleting Ukraine's air defences. White House throws support behind using frozen Russian funds to spend on Ukraine. New section, East Asia slash China. Japan resumes construction of new US base in Okinawa despite local opposition. End of anti-war headlines. 
In the Other Voices section, under the same headline of the genocide, we have Your Man in the Hague in a Good Way, Craig Murray, which I have yet to read, but here is an excellent report on the case presented by the Republic of South Africa. South Africa's genocide presentation against Israel called, quote, overwhelming and devastating, end quote, Brett Wilkins from Common Dreams. Genocide experts discount Israeli legal arguments by Julia Connolly, republished at Consortium News originally in Common Dreams. I have read this. It's a fantastic article. Well done, her. The Case for Genocide, Chris Hedges, Shearpost, of course. Fantastic. Silence on Republic of South Africa case uh, by 24 hours afterwards. Search that I did. Nothing from Politico, Counterpunch, Truthdig, Alternet and many other alternate media sites, i.e. Radio Silence. Not terribly surprising. Next section, US plus UK slash Yemen. This could be known as the Operation Prosperity Guardian shitfuckery. And from Moon of Alabama, or Bernard, we have US restarts war with Houthi. Well done, Moon of Alabama, because of course the civil war in uh, Yemen was essentially begun by uh, Ansar Allah, but it, the funding of you know defeating it and defending um, Saleh, the previous president, was entirely Saudi Arabia slash US slash um, UK supported. Interesting, that isn't it? Tables, right? It's so it's the same shit again, right? It's just, they're, they're still fighting Ansar Allah, just they're not using Saudi Arabia as a front man this time because Saudi Arabia said fucking stop it. Anyway, it's difficult not to laugh. Late at night, one can get very serious, but in the morning, I just have to take a lighter approach to these things or I go mad. Anyway, we could try simply not provoking a wider war via the continued destruction of Gaza by Caitlin Johnston, who so beautifully summarizes the situation. Please read this. It's just lovely. Then we have a very insightful article by the ever cool M.K. Barakuma. India gets a rude awakening in West Asia. Check it out. It's very good. And I will read a quote from that later on. And then uh, another renamed section. This one's called NATO Stan Merged, right? NATO Stan and Media, Ukraine slash Russia. From Ben Aris from Intelli News, republished at Natalia's Place Understanding Russia, we have West moves closer to seizing... CBRs, that's the uh, Central Bank of Russia, <laughs> Russia's frozen $300 billion of reserves. And this is exactly what's happening. They're going to steal Russia's shit <laughs> to justify their own war or uh, whatever. Uh, screams without proof. Questions for the New York Times about shoddy, quote, Hamas mass rape, end quote, report by Max Blumenthal and Aaron Maté from the Grey Zone. And they framed this rather well. <laughs> they sub- wrote this all up. It went, you guys are full of bullshit, which actually Caitlin Johnson called out days and days and days ago. But they've done this as a formal submission to the New York Times, to their editor and the author, and gone, what are you going to do to redress this absolute shit fuckery? <laughs> this is bullshit reporting, and you know it. You're lying through your ass. <laughs> so good on them for sticking it to the New York Times. And then we have uh, an interesting sort of sideline. I was I was interested in Gonzalo Lira back in the day. He did host some really great, um, what do you call them, round table series uh, on the conflict in Ukraine. And I believe it was Scott Ritter who came out with the um, 
supposition, observation, one of the two, that he was he pretty much been co opted by Ukraine uh, as a, a honeypot essentially. Uh, in any case, uh, he has died in a Ukrainian jail after he was arrested by their SBU and so forth. So there's an article by Larry Johnson, uh, Gonzalo Lira, Que le vaya bien. Uh, and there is also, republished at Natalia's Place, an article by TASS, that's the Russian state media organisation, called State Department Confirms Death of US Journalist Gonzalo Lira. And other things on the weird front, one lovely interview uh, by Scott Horton on the Scott Horton Show with Trevor Aronson. And the title of that is Trevor Aronson on the FBI's latest entrapment scheme. And this is very interesting because there is a whole sequence of entrapments that the FBI does, essentially after the uh, 9-11 thing, and particularly the creation of the Department of Homeland Security. It's a sort of a turf war. And so they go through these... Um, situations of basically entrapping people and encouraging them to commit violent acts and so forth using informants and insiders and whatever so that then they can arrest them and go, oh, look, see, there's all these terrorists when they're actually actively involved in, in encouraging it. So it's an interesting piece of history. Nice to see it recurring again. So good on Scott Horton for doing that. I, want, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know how much they've gone into the history of this, but it's an ITA thing. <laughs> Been around for a bit. And then we have a very interesting article from the ever fascinating Pepe Escobar called Year of the Dragon, Silk Roads, Brick Roads, Sino Road. And of course, the Year of the Dragon doesn't start until the 10th of February, so uh, Pepe's jump on the gun a bit there. But the article is a look at what's happening on the geoeconomic front, and well worth your time. And as for that quote... So, MBK is uh, talking about a bit of a reversal that uh, India has executed in its foreign policy, i.e. it chummed up with the US a little too closely instead of you know, maintaining its more balanced, don't get involved in other people's shit <laughs> approach to foreign policy. Uh, and so that's what the article's essentially about. And it's specifically, it's addressing the Yemen issue. Uh, and at the end, he quotes this brilliant, right? So I'll just introduce it and then just read the quote. So the introduction is, an old friend and Beirut-based editor-in-chief of The Cradle, which is the primary publication for Pepe Escobar, actually, Shamin Nawani, tweeted about the quagmire in the Red Sea that awaits the Anglo-American attack on Yemen today, as of the publication of the article, which is in the links below, blah, blah, blah. Quote, I honestly question whether the US or UK have carefully considered Yemen's potential responses to this act of war. Ansar Allah is an unusual member of the region's axis of resistance. It marches to its own tune and its mindset is entirely devoid of Western narrative grooming. There is no guessing at the full spectrum of its retaliatory palette but I would not want to be an American or Brit in the Persian Gulf, Red Sea, or any of the neighbouring waterways right now. It may be that Washington misread the Russian and Chinese abstentions at the United Nations Security Council yesterday on Red Sea, or perhaps Moscow and Beijing dangled that bait so the US would miscalculate this badly. The Americans are now militarily engaged supplying or bogged down on five separate fronts. 
Ukraine, Gaza, Israel, Yemen, Iraq, Syria. U.S. adversaries can easily hold out until the fatigue sets in. They are nowhere near depleted. Bottom line is, I think the entire global south is going to be wearing Abdul Malik Al-Houthi t-shirts by springtime. End quote. And with that, let's see what's been happening in the Yet Extra No newsletter in the past week. And the answer is a lot. Eight publications, for crying out loud. It's been a busy week. So it began with Escalation Management. Blinky and Borrell call for more of the same war, which I think was a pretty straight-up call on what was going down. And then, uh, same day, uh, last, last week's Week in Review came out. And then uh, there's an article in two parts. The part that I wanted to, li- to deliver was that titled A Call to Arms. But in that, I wanted to criticise uh, the world's monotheistic religious leadership, and I thought it only fair to state my own position on religion so that, you know, you can tell me I'm full of shit or whatever. So that was three monotheistic religions and three components of the cosmos. So that combined article was there. And then we had a late-night rant equivalent called Waiting for Israeli Harikari, which is in which... Uh, I sort of extend that article later in the week, but one of the key points of that was the note that the week before uh, Ray McGovern made on judging freedom, which was warned, he was declaring everybody watch out for false flags because this has been echoed in the annual headlines, which is what Israel really wants is for the US to get involved in a war somewhere. Right now they've chosen Yemen. The previous theory was it would be um, uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah, and maybe that'll happen too, who knows, right? So, and what uh, McGovern was saying is watch out for false flags to trigger the US's greater involvement. Right now they're doing their remote bombing bullshit, which they do all the time, and as um, Bernard from Moon of Alabama points out, that's going to do shit fuck all. I mean, they are damaging the radar installations at these air bases, which uh, the Ansara control... And so that will degrade to some degree their ability to uh, control drones and whatever. I don't know. That's what the US thinks anyway. At least that's what they're telling the world. Who knows? We find out in the days coming. And then from then we move on in the week to the case before the International Court of Justice, which has been fairly well covered. And finally, the cognitive dissonance, which is just ripping apart the metaphors and narratives uh, that people use or are being pumped at them to conceptualise what's happening in the world. It's, it's quite difficult, it must be, for people who are not terribly well informed or able to read through the narratives being flung at them. You've, it's not too hard to see, OK, Israel's committing a genocide and they're just saying they aren't in the ICJ. That's not too hard. But then you've got other stuff, like the, the US is saying, we're trying to prevent escalation, and then they're bombing the crap out of Yemen without UN approval. It's just like completely illegal and absolutely against what they've been saying they're trying to do. So how do you reconcile these problems? Right? And then this is also happening when you look at the bigger picture of the whole story of Ukraine. It's just insane. Like the article closes with a piece from ABC News where there's, you know, some woman in, in some village in central or wherever it is, Ukraine, saying there's no men around, you know? Yeah, how do you think that happened? So 
the whole Ukraine narrative is falling apart. The cognitive dissonance involved in conceptualizing what's going on in the Middle East generally. The U.S. bases are being again, you know, threatened to get the hell out of Iraq, and the same in. I mean, the whole thing's just, yeah. So that's what that article is about. Essentially, how do people cope with this? And so I hope that this newsletter, at least, uh, provides some service to help people cope with this sort of crap because it's actually complicated and, and actually very interesting. If you have, if you're not just reading the the narrative feed, then you get a more nuanced picture and it's sort of a little easier to understand perhaps it doesn't make it easier to deal with though so sorry can't help there um go have a chat with your mates or your girlfriends or whatever it be um work out how to how to cope with this crazy this is going to be you thought 2023 is bad this one's looking mm. so hang out with friends bit of time in nature all that sort of stuff um look after yourselves catch you next week bye Welcome back to Yes X or No Audio.